I'm Jenna. And I'm Ellen. And she's my person. We've been friends forever. Yeah, like half our lives. We're honest. (laughs) Sometimes too honest. She takes away my fear. And she's my anchor in this world. Our unconditional love has shaped us. And we want to share it with you. So grab a cup of coffee, cozy up, and join us. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to She's My Person podcast. We are going to continue our boundary discussion today. And we are going to discuss boundaries and relationships, which is something that both of us are actually pretty terrible at. Um, (laughs) We tend to take the selfless approach and often hold on to partners for a little too long. So we're excited to dive into this. It is topic that always humbles us. And so we're just going to share a little bit about what we've learned, what we still don't do right, and kind of the direction that we hope to head as we move forward in love. Yeah, we welcome any phone calls that can give us some guidance on how to set boundaries in a relationship because it's, it's not quite our cup of tea, but we are definitely at least aware and working on trying to get better at doing so. So hopefully you can at least relate or give us some tips while we talk about them. Yeah, I think it's good, you know, sometimes to just show up when you're like in the middle. I don't, and I actually don't know if you ever really figure out fully setting boundaries in relationships, but I think it can be powerful sometimes to show up in the middle of like what you're working through because so much of our struggle and pain and lessons are universal. So it at least gives other people the opportunity to relate to where you are and make the process feel a little bit less lonely. Yeah. And honestly, I think boundaries can be different for multiple relationships that you're in because, I mean, aside from an actual relationship where you're in love with a person, I think you have to set boundaries like we've talked about with friendship or work. So your approach is always similar, but I also think depending on the person you're dealing with, even if it's a past relationship with a partner or if it's your present one, it might look a little different than other relationships you've been in. Yeah, and I think the toughest part for me, like from a reflection standpoint, is I tend to hold on like deeply even after relationships end. Like there are multiple people that I used to be in a romantic relationship with that I'm like still in communication with. So I would say that my probably biggest area of growth is like learning how to fully let go, which is just so challenging from a lot of friends. But I also just like, you know, I feel like we always love anybody that you've fallen in love with, I believe that there's always love in your heart for that person. And so I think like full separation and full closure, especially when you have access to people's social media and LinkedIn and like the moves that they're making in the world. And it's like, you know, that, that connection piece never really goes away. And so when they're still a part of what's popping up in your life, it's hard to turn your heart off to them completely. And so I think that's been probably one of the biggest challenges for me. It's like not even the relationships that I'm in, but like fully developing closure for past partners. Yeah. And I laugh because I honestly think every guy that you've ever dated or been involved with for honestly any amount of time always tends to find their way back to you. So that's why I'm laughing because it seems like, you know, you might be thinking you're done with the person and then a year later, you're like, oh, so-and-so reached out. I'm like, I'm not shocked. Like this This is the theme of your life. But you know, that can go from two standpoints. Obviously, when the relationship's not completely closed, I think it is hard to fully move on and understand that the tie's not there anymore. And I also think it's just more so being able to understand that, yes, I care for that person, but, you know, they don't have that hold on me anymore. Like, I can keep up with them. And like you made the point, we are so connected and it's really hard to fully 
get someone out of your site whenever you're going to see them pop up unless you go to the extent of completely unfollowing them on everything, which I do recommend in some situations. Yeah, in some situations, (laughs) depending on the ending, I'm definitely in full support of like the block, let go, be done approach. I think the biggest thing is like a lot of times when a relationship ends, it's very rare for it to be fully mutual. And so more often than not, like one person is missing validation or missing feeling like they were enough for that person in the relationship. And so I know that in a lot of cases for me, when past people that I've been in love with, or just honestly in any type of a relationship with, when they show up and they start saying things that like for the entirety of our relationship, I wanted to hear, there are very few people that like don't want to eventually hear those words. And so it's hard to like turn people away when you're like, wow, when we were together, like that was everything that I wanted. This year though, my most like recent relationship that ended, you know, when he used to reach back out, it used to have so much power over me and would like totally dictate my day because it was such an emotional roller coaster the whole way through. And it doesn't shake me nearly as much anymore. Like I have finally, I think, gotten to a place of full closure with the relationship because I just realized that there's actually like no words that he can say to make up for the tumultuous relationship that we were in. And so it's like, you know, but I think that you have to have a little bit of grace with yourself when you do respond to people that maybe you promised yourself you never would again or whatever, because you're still human and there's still like parts of your heart that felt unfulfilled in that relationship. And when that person comes back wanting to share and say those things, it's hard to be like, well, nope, sorry, too late. You know, like it's, it's much easier said than done. I agree. And I think too, it's usually in your control at that point. Like if it's something that's benefiting you and you feel like it's something you need and for your better good, then by all means, respond, talk it through, because it's only going to help you grow if you're in the right headspace. But if it's something that's just for their good and you feel bad, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being there for them, but it's not something that you should extend your energy to and really put yourself out there whenever you don't even really need to be doing that for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, just getting really honest with yourself about why you need closure from relationships when they end, because a lot of times it's for the validation, like I said, or for for you to feel worthy or like you were enough or, you know, we all want to be like, well, you know, that's the best I'll ever have kind of a thing. Like we all want to take that approach. And so I think sometimes it's less about you actually needing closure from them and more about the fact that you want that confidence boost, that you weren't in the wrong and kind of like that fresh clean slate to move on, which you're actually able to give that to yourself. It just requires that you look inward after a relationship ends instead of projecting what you feel like you need onto your previous partner. Yeah. I think that's a great point because it's so easy to feel like it was your fault or you didn't do something in the relationship. But if you really can look inward and kind of realize this is what I did and this is what I've learned, you're going to learn throughout any relationship you're in. And I feel like the person that you're dealing with is most likely going through something themselves. So if you can just see that and kind of differentiate the two, I think that's also very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, I mean, there's a lot of boundaries that need to be set while you're in relationships, too. And like looking back on past, you know, loves, I feel like had I done a better job of actually setting those boundaries when we were together and not leaning in so hard from like a codependent standpoint, I probably wouldn't have needed so much closure or felt like I needed to cling on to the part of my life that they were such a noteworthy component of. I mean, for me, it took getting in a relationship where like my independence is not compromised just because like I need and love and lean on somebody else. Like being able to find the balance of the two was never something I had prior to 
the person that I'm with now. And so, you know, that codependent part of us that shows up in relationships where you don't feel fully safe or fully secure, that's the component of our heart that's asking for that worthiness and that reminder that you were enough and like that boost of confidence when something is over, because instead of like staying connected to your independence in the relationship, you were leaning into their heart to give you those things. And so you feel like without them telling you those things, you can't ever feel whole again. And it's just like a really big mindset thing that I think at some point or another, we've all been in a relationship like that, where we let too much of ourselves be dependent upon their opinion and their love. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because I think that's the scary part about setting a boundary is you don't want to impose on your partner. You don't want to set such high standards that you feel like it could make them not rise to the occasion, or you feel like you're not going to have a healthy relationship because you're putting your needs too forwardly, I guess. But in reality, that, that's the best way to handle it, I think, is just communicating and letting them know what you need and how the relationship should look on your side, because you would hope that your partner would do the same and give you that same communication. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I think the codependency aspect of relationships makes it really hard to have those conversations. Because when you are codependent on another person, you're like, well, oh my gosh, like if I tell them what they need and they leave, like, what am I going to do? So it's almost like you sit back and allow your needs to not be met because that feels easier than having the conversation and then potentially walking away. And it's like, you know, it's really disconnecting from that mindset. Like I know in my current relationship, we're just very honest and like we communicate right in the moment if, you know, because everybody processes emotions differently. Everybody's love language is different. And so you have to be able to say like, hey, I actually don't, you know, feel love that way. Like I need words of affirmation or I need to know how you feel or whatever. You have to be able to communicate that to your partner without fear of them leaving or fear of the relationship ending. Like when that honesty component is a place of fear for you, it's probably a sign that you're starting to lean a little bit too far on the codependent side, rather than saying like, this is, this is what I need from this relationship. This is what I'm able to give. And then being really honest about the boundaries that need to be set in order for it to grow in a positive way. Yeah. And fear is actually the word that was standing out to me too, because, you know, regardless of if you're going to set these boundaries or not, you're still in a place of fear because you're afraid of them walking away or you're afraid that you're going to lose that person while at the same time, you're not even getting half of, out of the relationship that you need. So you're in this position where you're not happy, but then you're also so focused on being with this person that you're afraid they're going to leave. And you're probably not even giving that great of your side of yourself to your relationship because you're just so anxious and so worried all the time that the person's not really even able to fully understand you and grow in your relationship. Yeah. And I, I mean, fear is such a big thing in general, just in like everything in life. I mean, fear in career changes, fear in relationships. And, you know, nobody is confident or feels confident all of the time, even with the person that they're in love with, even when it is the right person for you. Like, it's not always going to feel easy to sit down and have those tough conversations. I think the more that you normalize it, though, the easier that it gets, because it used to feel like such a big obstacle for me to tackle. And I, I think Elle and I are actually in a pretty similar place with this right now like we have consistent conversations with the people that we're with. And so when you're having them like regularly and it's not like, oh, we need to talk. And it's like after three months of stuff building up and like your needs not being met and you feeling a certain way, it doesn't feel as scary. Uh, It also opens the space for them to feel safe, to be vulnerable and come to you when they're feeling things instead of letting it bottle up. 
And then you're able to establish boundaries over time because it's not like you enter into a relationship and are like, okay, these are my boundaries. Don't break them. Like they look a little bit different depending upon the person that you're with. But I've noticed for me, like the ability to have just little conversations here and there, whether it's about like, you know, acts of service for the other person, or it's the way that you receive love or how you want to be communicated to that kind of stuff. Like it's, you can't really set them until something comes up and you realize like, okay, that didn't feel good. Like, let's have a conversation about it. And I don't know about you, Elle, but for me, it's like gotten less scary, the more safe that I feel to just kind of bring it up in the moment in like a casual way, instead of it having to be this like big thing that I let build up until I can't not say something. Uh, Yep. I was just thinking the same thing because it is, it's funny whenever it becomes normal and it kind of becomes your, your relationships like jive. I don't know how to explain it, but it just seems like it just kind of flows whenever you start having that two-way communication rather than one person having all of these thoughts in their head and then the other person having no clue. So they keep doing whatever it is that's bothering the other. And then when you go to finally say it, it's like, well, now this is blindsiding them and you have 500 points that you want to make because they just continue to do it rather than each and every day noting things that might not align with how you feel or maybe they're affecting you or the relationship itself. It's just so much healthier for both sides, I think. Yeah, I I agree. And coming from, I mean, like my most, my relationship prior to the one I'm in now was probably the most codependent I ever was. And part of it was the nature of the relationship. The other component was because it was the most transitional period in my life. And I'm a strong believer that like we cling to security when we feel like we don't have it in our world. And that was 100% what I did in that relationship. And so I noticed in this one that like the healthy communication actually scared me because I had only known like yelling and like threatening to leave and like this just horrible nature of conversation when I would bring anything up that I almost just went into it with like this defensive, like, okay, this is not going to be good. and It's not going to feel good. And like, we're probably going to yell. And like the partner that I'm with now is like the most gentle human being and the strongest human being in the same way, which like I tell him all the time, I never knew that a man could be as gentle and strong, like all in the same breath. But like the voice doesn't get raised and it's a conversation. But like, that was something that I was very resistant towards in the beginning because it didn't feel right. And I was like, well, maybe he doesn't like care if he doesn't get worked up or doesn't yell because it was like, that was what was normal. And so also recognizing that some of your behavior is probably a result of trauma or fear or the nature of past relationships that are showing their head in your current one. And that can be resistant around like healthy boundary setting because you didn't know what that felt like in previous relationships. Yeah. And your partner is the most calm, strong person I've ever met. So that made me laugh when you said that. But yeah. And honestly, when you're yelling and screaming at each other, that's not even setting a boundary. That's just, everything's off the table and passion is just completely taking over. And obviously, you know, when two people are passionate and they're in love and their emotions are getting the best of them, there is going to be a time when you are going to have a fight or you might raise your voice just because you are so emotional. But at the same time, being able to walk away and take that five minutes or whatever it might be to be able to say, hey, I wasn't thinking clearly, or let's talk this through, or I wasn't thinking of your side of things can be a big step into setting those boundaries. And honestly, setting boundaries kind of makes me laugh because I think until recently, I always pictured like sitting down and writing <laughs> down all these boundaries I have. Like, okay, what what's my boundary? And I, I mean, I'm the last person to even be able to give advice on setting a boundary. So it's funny now that we're kind of talking through and seeing how it can happen naturally. And it's really not as hard as I always made it up to be in my head. 
Yeah. Well, because I think when you're in a healthy relationship, like, you know, if I express like, hey, that doesn't make me feel good, it just never gets done again. Like, it's just like instant respect. And so like, when you're with the right partner, like they're not going to want to be actively triggering you. And so when you're able to communicate that to them, the same way that when they communicate it to you, like, you know, in, in our relationship, like yelling just does not have a place in any part of us. And it's been a mirror for me, because I realized how much I would lean on that, like how much my temper, which I get from my dad, would shine through in those moments because my voice would get louder. And it was like always coming from a passion place, but I just like would always take it too far. And so having to be very cognizant of that, and I'm still not perfect. I mean, there's still times where I have to go back and apologize for like letting it get to that place. But in it, I've learned that like when you're yelling at someone, it's like you're not actually getting anywhere at all. And most of the time, I know for me, when somebody yells at me, I don't even hear what they're saying. Like I just instantly, like my nervous system feels like it's being attacked. I'm not able to act with grace or understanding or honestly, even empathy to like listening to what they're expressing to me. And I started reading this book called The Good Fight by Janet Kramer. And it's literally on how to like fight in a healthy way because there's always going to be conflict in relationship. And Elle and I have dealt with our fair share of, of that just in every relationship we've been in. But it's like the conflict is always going to be there. So it's like knowing how to handle it in a way that's supportive of the relationship. And one of the biggest points that they make is like always knowing that you're fighting on the same team. And I think when you're yelling at the other person and it becomes this like ego match, it's like that gets lost. You forget that you're actually fighting for the same end result, which is to be supportive and healthy and in love with that person that you're choosing to be in a relationship with. So I just thought that that was interesting that the book is literally around how to fight in a healthy way. Because I think sometimes we forget that like having arguments and expressing how we feel can draw us closer if our intention behind what we're doing is in the right place. I love that. What's the name of that book again? It's called The Good Fight. Jana Kramer actually wrote it with her husband. So they, I've been listening to it on Audible because it's actually them that read it. And it's, yeah. re- it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, because I like that analogy of you're fighting on the same team because I've definitely in my past been in an argument where my motivation was to win the argument, which is very immature. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, well, I'm right. So I need to make all of these points to make sure that it's like my side when in reality there's two sides to every situation. So I think that's really interesting. And honestly, at the end of the day, you really are trying to get to the same end result. You don't want to be fighting with each other. Or if so, then you're probably not in the right relationship. Well, it's funny that you say that, because that's actually another point that they make. Like one of their therapists, I guess, asked them at one point in their marriage, when they were like in a place where they were fighting all the time, they were like, is your goal to win? Or is your goal to understand? And I was like, Oh, wow. Because actually, I think a lot of the times when we go into arguments, like, maybe in the beginning, you're like trying to come to a conclusion, but then like the more heated the emotions get, it's actually like, okay, well, I'm going to win this now. You know, like, it's like the ego takes over. So I think that's a really good point. I agree. And the more comfortable with the person you are too, like, I feel like the more comfortable I am, I'm like, well, I can say this because he's not going to leave or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you feel like you have more room to be egotistical whenever it's really not the right way to handle no matter what part of the relationship you're in. So that's definitely a book that I need to take note of. Yeah, I honestly would highly recommend it on Audible for all of our listeners too, because it's really cool to listen to them tell the story together. And even if you like listen to it with your partner, I think it's a very healthy book and a good one to read. But like Ellen and I's friendship is probably, it's honestly the standard for like every relationship that I have in my life, because a lot of our boundary setting, actually all of it (laughs) happened naturally. We just like never really have to have conversations. I think like our energy is so in tune with the other. I can actually probably count on one hand the amount of times we even argued like for real (laughs) and the whole transpiring of our friendship. But 
it's because we're able to like communicate, like we're able to say to the other, like we'll have phone calls that we laugh about sometimes where like we want to be on the phone with each other, but like neither of us really feel like saying anything. And it's like, we just kind of like go with whatever energy, you know, the other one needs. And we're very like in tune and in touch with that. And it's something that I've tried to cultivate. I think it's harder, obviously, in a romantic relationship because there's other elements to it that aren't present in friendship. But, you know, having that standard of like what it feels like for your needs to just be naturally prioritized, I think can be really healthy in understanding what you actually need in a relationship. Without all the emotion that comes with the romantic side, you're able to kind of evaluate it on a friendship side and then work to carry those traits and those values over into your relationships. Yeah, and our friendship is a great example because honestly, looking at any conflict or any kind of argument that we've ever had, and like you said, it's very slim to none, but if there have been any, I feel like both of us always have each other's best interests in mind. So we're never really going into this conflict wanting to have it. Like it's like, we know it's there, we know it needs to be addressed, but let's get through it and be done with it. Where, like, you make the point of a relationship partner, sometimes you get heated and you're like, well, I, I want to have this argument. But with you, like, I've never felt that way. And I think that's something that should transfer into your partner's relationship also. Well, I think it's because the ego part is not present in our friendship and never has been. Like, I've never once been like, well, I want to be right more than I want to be like a supportive friend in this friendship. Like, that's never ever been a mindset of mine. Although I definitely think there is like some codependency because I have no idea how I'd ever live without you. So like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's like perfectly the best example on every front, but it's also nice to have like that support system outside of your relationship because, you know, we say all the time, like we feel like, you know, we have our family, we have each other like to lean on, which can be a security that like, then you aren't looking for in a partner. And for me, that's been a very healthy thing. And we've actually grown in that a lot, even just over the last two years. Because I mean, you know, we've been friends since we were 12. Like the maturity side of our friendship, I feel like has been more within the last couple years. But it's like having that security sense is such like a game changer in the way that you approach romantic relationships. Because I don't really search for that in romantic partners anymore. Uh, Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to find happiness within yourself and you don't want to be relying on other people necessarily. But I think kind of a step of finding happiness within yourself is knowing that you have other people that will support you and you have other outlets to gain that happiness. And it's not all just so reliant on your partner. So I think it kind of makes sense that we have that codependency because we're not putting it into other relationships, like you said. So it's, it's definitely normal to want to have other people around and want to feel that happiness, not only just from within yourself, but it's good to be able to spread that to where it's not just all falling on your relationship with your partner. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think having other just avenues in general is very helpful in feeling safe to set boundaries in relationships. Cause I, I mean, the codependent relationship that I spoke about earlier, it definitely got to the place where like so much of my life was centered around him. And like, you know, I've realized in, my current relationship, like how healthy and incredible it is to like have a very strong connection and spend a lot of time with the person I'm in love with, but like without other avenues of my life suffering. And that just comes from like having the independence and also having other avenues that you feel safe to lean on so that that codependency is less likely to show its face. Yep. And I think it also allows you to feel more comfortable setting those boundaries because I know for me, like if I'm in a relationship or with a partner that I feel like I need to say something that I'm afraid the result might not be positive, like maybe even to the extent of us not working out, 
then I can kind of look at everything else around me and think, okay, well, this is something that's positive in my life. And that's not going to change if this relationship doesn't work out. Like I'm able to rationalize that I'll still be okay. And I think it's important that you remember that whenever you're stepping into these conversations, that if, if what you need doesn't align with how they're going to respond to it, it's probably best that you just carry on with the other great parts of your lives and find someone that does. Because then if you do end up in a relationship where you're sacrificing, then the other areas that are so great will start to then become less and less. And then I think you'll end up being more unhappy overall rather than just kind of being half in a relationship. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes, you know, like the more that you convince yourself to stay, it's like the more parts of your heart you begin to sacrifice. And so it's like, it's, it's learning that, you know, there is, I I strongly believe that there's a partner out there for everyone where like you can be fully yourself and fully accepted for that. And that love can be healthy and strong and supportive and the arguments can be done in a healthy way. And that doesn't mean that any relationship is perfect, but you know, that's like, if I could wish one thing for anybody, it would be that they believed that they were able to find that. Cause I know in my last relationship, I was like, well, maybe this is as good as it gets, you know? And it's like that mindset in and of itself can be just incredibly self-sabotaging. And I think like, you know, that boundaries feels like such a big word that like when we were coming into this conversation, I was like, I don't even know how to give tangible advice for how to set them necessarily. Because I don't think I've ever like had a, you know, like how Elle said, I don't think we've ever had like a sit down conversation where you're like, okay, well, X, Y, and Z, like this is what it is. But I don't know, Elle, I mean, do you have any like tangible advice you feel like we could give on like how we've learned to at least get a little bit better at it? I think one thing is never assume or guess your partner's feelings. I think, you know, I think the biggest goal for boundaries, at least for me, and it's something that you just said is want to feel like yourself. Like that's that's why I set a boundary. Like, I don't want to be in a relationship where I'm afraid or I feel like I'm holding back sides of me because I don't know how the other person's going to react. I'm not setting boundaries. Like every day at five o'clock, you need to be calling me or doing this. Like, I'm not very, I'm not very particular with things like that, but I do want to be able to feel like, Hey, I can say whatever I'm feeling and we can have a conversation about anything because we're in this together. And that's probably the most important part about setting them for me. And then I think one tangible item would just be not assuming what your partner's feeling. Because I think going into conversations, sometimes you feel like your side is the very pressing opinion. And maybe you feel like that's the only, like your perspective is that's the only thing that's happening in the situation. But then if you look at your partner, they might be thinking a completely different thing or their their opinion on it might be the opposite of yours and you have no clue. So if you can at least understand what they're feeling and then talk through it together, I think that's a really good step. I don't know if you agree with that, Jenna. Yeah, no, I think so too. And actually I keep referencing this book, but like one of the things that they talk about is they do a nightly check-in and they're they're married. So like, I mean, they're obviously living together and they have kids, but I think like regular check-ins could be incredibly helpful because it takes the pressure off if you're just like, hey, how are you feeling? Like, is there anything that's come up for you in the past couple of days or like anything that you need from me that might be a little different right now? Because I I know like my biggest weakness probably in a relationship and it's something that I've dealt with since I was a child. Like I used to make everything about me. Like if my mom or my dad was upset, like I would immediately think it was my fault. And it's a mindset that definitely has carried into my friendships and relationships too. And so I've had to learn the hard way, like time and time again, a lot of times it isn't even about you. And it's like the same way that you have other things that are going on in work and in life and in friendships. 
And so do they. And so like their emotions or their need to take space and, you know, regroup and decompress and all that, it, it might have nothing to do with you. So I think like Elle just makes such a good point with that is really just opening the space to ask the other person how they're feeling instead of just like going in guns blazing. Like, what are you upset about? Like, what did I do wrong? You know, because it's like, then their defense immediately goes up and you actually don't get anywhere with the conversation. And I think when they, when you open that space to say like, this is how I'm feeling, then you're able to be like, okay, well, this needs to be done so that like, you don't feel that way anymore. Or, you know, you can make adjustments necessary and those boundaries will set themselves when you're just open about like what made you feel good and what didn't instead of going in at it from like a defensive point and immediately being like accusatory. Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, it's so easy to feel like you're the one that's at like fault. And I know growing up, I would do the same thing. Like if anyone was ever fighting in my house or there was any kind of issues, I always used to almost be afraid, like, what can I do to fix this or what's going on? And, and in reality, I mean, I'm not even involved in the situation, but because the emotions are present and because you're attached to the people that are around you, it is easy to feel like you're the one to blame. So I think that's a really good point to just make sure that, you know, whatever day they're having might be completely something to do with them. And you can just be there and talk to them and get them through it. Because I know for me, I mean, a lot of times with my old job, if I had a really stressful day, or if I was still kind of not fully turned off from the job and thinking about certain things I had to do, a lot of my energy would then fall into my relationship. And I would basically not necessarily give them attitude, but I was not fully present. And I think sometimes they were on the other side thinking that they did something wrong, but it was really just my mindset was, or my mind was somewhere else in that setting. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like the more that you allow yourself to ask for help and you're met with like that other person just hearing you, seeing you, accepting you and like not being judgmental of like what you're needing, which Elle does this like in such a way that like humbles me literally every single time. Like I needed her help. Today was something because I'm like going through a life transition and there's stuff that comes up with that. And it's like every time that like I need help or I like admit like vulnerability, it's like I've never once been met with judgment in our friendship. And I don't think that we would have made it to the place that we did if we would meet each other with judgment every time the other one needed some help or like, you know, and it's like we've learned that like there's time to like express your opinion or to share your thoughts. And then there's times that you're like, you know what, I just have to show up for that person with what they need in that moment. And it's like, it immediately drops my armor when that happens because I'm like, wow, like I was feeling vulnerable and I was like beating myself up for needing help. And it was like, here she was just ready to show up because she, she knows that I'm worthy of that the same way I know that she is. And it's definitely shown through in my current relationship too, because it's like when you're with a partner that just like meets that emotion and hears you and sees you and like there isn't yelling, that armor starts to drop and then the boundaries do just naturally come into play. So I think really hearing the other person and having the goal to understand rather than the goal to win is probably like the just biggest shining through component of this conversation for me. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know about you, Jenna, but I think when either of us are vulnerable with the other, it kind of allows the other to be vulnerable too. Like, I know that was kind of confusing, but I think when someone is willing to show that side of them, then you're able to then put your walls down and you both kind of reach that same center of, oh, we can, we can talk about this. Like it's safe where when you're both afraid to bring that vulnerability, that does kind of run into issues with setting boundaries. Like there, 
they're actually parallel to the other, I think. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, you know, if you're in a friendship or a relationship or like everything you say, you're afraid you're going to be judged. Like you're never going to say anything. You're never going to be vulnerable. And for Ellen and I both, I think asking for help is probably one of the hardest things for us to do. Like we're both very independent. And I think like our, our friendship has probably been where we've both learned how to feel safe in that setting. Cause it's like, we just never did it really like ever. And then like, when we started asking each other to say things, we're like, wow, this is so much easier to just like admit, like, this is where I'm at. And this is what I need. And it's like, it gives the other person either the opportunity to show you that they're willing to be there for you when you're at your best and when you're at your worst. And honestly, if they aren't willing to stay in those moments, then like they weren't the person for you. But you can't ever know that if you don't feel safe enough to go there and courageous enough that regardless of what the outcome is that you chose yourself and that you knew that you were worthy, even if you couldn't do everything on your own. And I think that's one thing like people really, I'm sure we're not the only two people that struggle with that. You know, it's like, it's very hard to admit your shortcomings, but you don't actually give people the opportunity to love you completely without going there. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And one other thing that I was thinking of whenever we were talking about setting like the tangible boundaries, I do think it's important to, to be able to recognize relationships outside of your relationship. Whether that's friends or family, no matter what relationship each of you have, both of those dynamics are obviously different. So for example, like if my partner's best friend and him like to go and do certain things or, you know, they have their own relationship, I would never want to sit here and tell my partner differently. Like I wouldn't want to say, oh, you can't do this because we're doing this. Like you, you have to be able to kind of give and take, I think. Obviously, if your partner's friend is negative for both of you, I think it's good to have that conversation and maybe bring light to why you feel that way or what they might be doing that might be affecting them individually or your relationship. But I think aside from that, it is important to have those outlets and make sure that you're okay with your partner having other close relationships too. Yeah, because I think boundaries can be mistaken as control when they're done when they're done in the wrong way. And so like you're I think, you know, that's a really great place to end is like understanding your intention behind setting them. Like, are you setting boundaries? Like, for example, like Elle said about your partner not being able to go out because you don't trust him to be faithful and loyal to you or that you're afraid that his closeness with another person, you know, will affect his closeness with you. Like understanding the intention behind the boundaries that you are setting is really important because that can actually shine a light on maybe some gaps in your relationship that isn't necessarily a boundary problem, but more a communication issue of expressing to your partner, like, hey, I actually don't feel like I, like you're going to be loyal if I, if I don't set this boundary or whatever. Because I think sometimes just being controlling and being like, well, you're not allowed to do this if you want to be in this relationship, just builds resentment. And then it comes out in a very ugly way later on in the relationship, because even setting that boundary isn't going to just automatically make you feel like he's going to be loyal all of the time. And so, you know, understanding whether it's, am I trying to control him or am I setting this boundary for the safety and betterment of our relationship? And that's a really tough question, but I think it's like a very important one if you're just beginning the process of understanding what you need in your relationships. Yeah, I I completely agree. And honestly, like you said, I think that's the best way to kind of wrap it up because we are not pros at this, but I think we're definitely at least aware, which is a step in the right direction. Jenna, what's our next... I know we we had an interview, so I think that'll be probably our next episode after we air this one for you guys. With uh, we were more so, we're we're 
back and forth leaning on our next topic. So I don't know, Jenna, if you have anything you want to say about our next round. Yeah, you know, guys, we keep like creating these series thinking that we're <laughs> going to like stay on one topic for four episodes. <laughs> and like before we hopped on this podcast to record today, we discussed 15 different topics from like very serious business conversation to like what we're going to do for New Year's. <laughs> So we just don't really function very well with like one topic over the course of like four or five episodes. So you're probably going to get a little bit of everything. But I think the goal behind each one is just like what we're learning and what's showing up for us in each season. And so our goal with every episode is for it to be an honest look into our life and for you to feel like we're coming from a very authentic place. But I think moving forward, it's probably going to be something around connection. We have a couple interviews that we're excited about that are more on like the sports and body image side of things. So we haven't quite decided which direction we're going to go. But I think either way will be really good and insightful. Yep. So hopefully you guys can tune in and we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah. See y'all. Have a good day. 